Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have on Terry Kinder, all the way from Florida. Terry, tell me about yourself and where you teach. Okay, so I am a seventh grade middle school teacher. So um, I teach civics um, or any social studies, but I've been currently teaching civics for about six years. This is my sixth year teaching. And um, I teach at Bellevue Middle School in like the central portion of the state of Florida. Great. So the reason I, 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 I were meeting right now is because I was watching ABC News at night um, and they had a report about how teachers are dealing with the pandemic and going back to school. And I, I heard an interview with you. So I just kind of wanted to bring you on and talk about that. So tell me what's happening for you. You're a seventh grade middle school teacher. COVID happened. So what mm-hmm. happened? So um, in my particular school, we, um, our administration asked like who would like to do online teaching and I jumped at the idea. I was actually kind of excited about it. I really enjoyed it back in the spring. Um, I thrived. I was like, you know, I felt like I really understood the technology aspect of what I was doing. And um, anyway, I had fun with it. So I was like, yes, I would love to do um, online for the civics department. And so I was granted permission to do that. And then so I got six of I teach six classes a day. And so five of my classes were online and one of them is in person. And then my, um, the other teachers that I work with that teach the same subject as me are all doing in-person classes, um, six a piece. And so we were asked to do, um, Microsoft teams. Our entire County sort of is embracing this idea that we're going to do Microsoft teams and one of the biggest complaints back in the spring was for parents, totally understandable was that, Um, we all sort of were just using our own platforms, right? Like some people are using Google Classroom, some are using Microsoft Teams, some are using, I don't even know, everything, right? And so um, we, in our school, we just use our class website. We just posted the assignments, kids emailed us the answers. It was pretty simplistic. Um, We just sat on Zoom once a a day. We'd sit on Zoom for an hour and we would, you know, meet with kids and um, if they had any questions, otherwise they could watch the YouTube videos I made, that kind of thing. And it really, it seemed to work. For most of the students and some kids, you know, they just did not excel in that. Um, and so when it came time in the, this fall, going back, a lot of parents said, like, every teacher was doing something different. And I had, like, three different kids on three different platforms. It was too much for me as a parent. And so they are, the county was saying, let's try to streamline that, right? Like, teachers try to, like, let's just stick with one platform. And so um, anyway, our school... We, we chose Microsoft Teams. Um, they wanted that throughout the whole county, but I think they were they realized that there was some pushback, and so the county kind of said, well, maybe maybe per school, um, you know, I guess try to make it more streamlined by just picking up one platform. So we did Microsoft Teams, and I probably spent three weeks before school started just, like, absorbing all things Microsoft Teams, um, trying to understand how to use OneNote and just everything that these programs had to offer. I was really excited. I was like, man, I got this. Like everyone's coming to me for with questions. So um, I thought it was going to be great. Um, and it has been a little <laughs> less than great um, since that began. 
So do you want me to go into more details on Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, my first question is, did you get any training or is this you, is, was this you going out on your own and learning about it? Like, were you provided any help from your administration or the school system? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So um, we were not told what platform we would be using until um, about two weeks before teachers were going to go back. And so, um, and that I reached out to the principal, said, what are we going to use? And he's like, I think that the county's leaning towards Microsoft Teams. So I immediately started searching up Microsoft Teams. No, we were not trained necessarily on how to use every part of it. They gave us a four hour training. That was it. Um, and it was literally like kind of the same stuff I'd already searched up on YouTube, except it was a teacher walking you through what buttons to click um, within our district. And so, I mean, that's great. And they gave us four hours of training, um, but that was nowhere near um, what was necessary to master this. I feel like a college course in Microsoft right. Teams alone oh, right. wouldn't be enough. It's the same thing up here. It's, I mean, we didn't even get four hours training. It was like, you're on your own, figure it out you know, everything that we learned has changed. Now we're on Zoom. We completely cut out, uh, we cut out um, Microsoft altogether. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're just doing Google Classroom and Zoom. So I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really crazy. Uh, yeah. Four hours is not enough training. And so I don't even think, I think that they think that it's enough because like, okay, we'll say teachers when, you know, yes, I still went and did probably, I mean, if I were to calculate the time I spent over the three weeks um, that I spent myself just searching before school started, not even counting what I've done since, I would probably say it was maybe 70 hours at least of training of just like researching and reading and reading on your own, you know, on my own. Yeah. Probably not, about not 70 hours. Non-paid. So I just Correct. want to say that I want to emphasize that because people <laughs> are constantly saying that teachers you know, don't work hard enough and all this mm -hmm. stuff that people say and don't realize yeah. that the amount of time that teachers put into this, that you put into it, Terry. So mm -hmm. what happens? So here you are, you've got Microsoft down. School start, what is the date that school started? Um, we started, students came back, I believe it was the last week of August. So we okay. had three weeks in August that we as teachers went back and then the last week of August, students came back. Okay, so what happened? Um, so... <laughs> what happened that's great um <laughs> what did happen so my my rosters in the very beginning um there was definitely more fear right of, of covid and so the my rosters were online where i had 187 students um which is massive for one teacher um 22 of them were in class and the rest was all online so out of that 187 um, so at one time or were you teaching no, over a course of so five different periods online okay so some okay. of my classes some of my classes were 37 some were 38 you know things like that so okay um each each period um so within the first week i were maybe first couple of weeks you know maybe only half showed up and so um you know, the first week was, first two weeks, really, we just spent learning Microsoft Teams. I mean, there really was no way to start really content. It was just sort of like behavior online, like how do we, you know, what, what, how do we, we behave here when we're on, you know, communicating through email or, how, you know, just proper ways of that. Like, cause you know, there's seventh grade kids, they've never really experienced, okay, let's like, how do we properly communicate with each other through chats and through emails and through Microsoft Teams? How do we utilize it? I mean, I taught them all these different functions. And then it, we started noticing like half the kids didn't have the functions. So here I created like over the summer, like over those three weeks, I had created all these PowerPoints of like teaching kids 
um, you know, all the different functions that you could use. Well, I started realizing like every kid has a different device. So every function looked different on their computer. So like all the stuff, all the screenshots and all these like things I thought I was super prepared. It, every kid has a different device and every kid's uh, looking right. at a different thing. And so some of them have functions, some didn't. And then I started realizing half the kids don't even have web cameras, you know? And so like, then we started receiving. So that within that first two weeks, then we got notification that we still had to give our, our district assessment, the pretest, which is what the video that went viral, the actual video, not the story that, <laughs> that the news is putting out there. Um, I was really worried about it because our school requires us to, our county requires teachers to sign off a testing security agreement. And this agreement basically says that you're going to validate the test and that you're going to ensure that all the material is going to be kept safe, that you're not going to in any way allow this material to, um, you know, be, be copied or duplicated or anything. Right. And so, and then at the end it says, if you do not like, if you do not ensure all of these things, then you can be fired. And you can also understand that you may lose, lose your state certification. And so we were all forced to sign that day one. You're forced to sign this, this agreement, this testing security agreement. And then they gave us a like a half hour course on like, how do you give the, the assessment through distance learning? And they were talking about, okay, so you need to ensure that you're going to have all your students in Microsoft Teams and you have to see every single camera. Well, that alone was an issue. And so for two right. weeks, I had been telling kids, you have to have a camera or I can't give you the assessment. Like you're not going to be allowed to stay in the assessment. So, you know, I talked to the county about it. I said, well, you know, our testing coordinator, this, what about our kids who don't? have cameras and like I keep telling them come to the school get a Chromebook that those have cameras on them they're still not doing it what do we do and they're like well you just don't need to test those kids and then why what's the point of the data if you only want half the data right um and then I you know I've got kids who literally like as soon as they would turn their cameras on they don't have enough bandwidth it kicks them out and so that's more kids you know and so this is like they're stressing because they know they have a test coming up and now they're stressing about getting a camera or they're stressed that their camera as soon as they turn it on kicks them out of the internet um, and then they have to also open another window to take the test. Well, that's more bandwidth being used. <laughs> or, I've never even heard of the word bandwidth until until now. <laughs> yeah, until two weeks ago. I never even knew what it was. Right. Um, right. But I'm learning all these things that take up bandwidth. So anyway, um, we started having to, you know, I'm anyway, working with the kids for a couple of weeks and I'm getting nervous about this. And I'm like, how can I possibly ensure, like, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to get fired. And I've got all this, you know, I'm already under a lot of pressure and stress. And so I had talked to the coordinator, the testing coordinator. I said, I don't feel comfortable giving this assessment. Like I'm, I'm worried about losing my job. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm not doing it. And so I kind of pushed it off. And then they were like, no, you really need to like, you have to give it. And I was like, but my certifications on the line, like, they literally said that in our training video, like you can lose your test, your certification as a teacher. If you cannot ensure that no one's cheating on this test and you can't ensure, I mean, there's this whole thing. I read the contract. So, the, so, anyway, I mean, this, so this is just an assessment for the, all the kids. It's all the kids take this assessment at the beginning of the year. And then I mean, every just, quarter assessment afterwards. Yes. And that's, so the agreement is for all those tests. Yes. And this is for what though? Where's this assessment leading to? So, um, laugh, laugh, they, laugh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand the point of a pretest normally. And so I get this, especially if you teach like math or language arts, like I do understand the point of a pretest. You kind of are seeing right. where did the kids, where are they kind of coming in from and where is the jumping off point, right? Well, in my curriculum, there is no jump. I mean, literally, unless you just remember, happen to you know, know a couple facts about the constitution, you know, from maybe elementary school or something, you really don't know a whole lot. Like m most of our students come in with mostly no knowledge at all. So I've never really used the pretest as any kind of jumping off point but I understand where math and language arts teachers do. Um, but in the future, from, from each quarter assessment on, each quarter, 
the, the data is testing what we taught, the state standards that we taught that quarter, right? We're required to teach these eight standards, teach these things during this quarter one. And then we will test you on those standards and see, did your kids really learn? And then they compare it through the county and to see what other teacher, you know, how did teachers compare to each other? How did the schools compare to each other? And I get my individual data so I can see, okay, well, I totally didn't get that standard. I can, right. that's a standard I have to go back and review. I, I do, like I use the data, I, I really do. Um, right. But of all the years, <laughs> the not care about this data, where, where you're right. stressing out teachers, why are you stressing out students even more? Um, that is, to me, it's like we are under a different precedent, right? Like this should all be different right now than what we've always done. And why are we not making decisions that are in the best interest of students and teachers this year? Why not just go, okay, normally this is very important to us, but this year maybe it's not going to be as important, right? And let's right. not tell teachers they're going to get fired <laughs> or lose their certification if you can't see every camera. I mean, that was literally the words used in the training video. Do you, um, have, do you guys have a, do you have a union? There is a union in our county, yeah. And what is the, what did the union say to this? I, mean, I haven't, I've never heard anything about any of that. Um, the one of the teachers that was also with me on the sense that we're like, we, we both were like, we signed this agreement. It's a legal binding agreement. Like I don't, we both don't feel comfortable. She did talk to the union um, lawyers or whoever it was that discussed this with her. And she said that um, they had basically said that they cannot actually, the county testing cannot take away like our certification. Like unless we like, do something specifically unethical with this data or with the with the actual test itself like we cannot be losing our certification for that um but they could still fire us right i mean you can still lose your job through the county that's what the union said to her so um and so when my my principal did come in after speaking with multiple people in the county after you know i my video started going viral. <laughs> um, they, they did come in and they said, okay, our lawyers looked over it, whatever, like re reread the contract. And none of this is really, you can't control what the students do. Like in a classroom, of course I could, um, but not in online. And I, it's what, sort of what we've been saying. They're like, no, well, really, if you read each word, like it's really more about like, you can't control what the kids do. It's more like if you were to copy the information and then you were to maybe share the information after copying it, like then that would constitute firing you. But that's not what you're doing and you can't really control if the kids are copying it on their computer or taking screenshots. You can't control that and that's not what this contract is. So they guaranteed us, they never gave us like a hold harmless kind of a contract, but they guaranteed we weren't going to get fired for doing what they're asking us to do. But that was after two weeks of me fighting it you know, crying over right. it, which went public. So did, that's, that's what the video was. Yeah, no, no, no. I saw, yeah, no, I, I saw that. So did you end up having to take the, having, did the test happen? Yes, the test happened. Let's see, I did give the test. There was a couple students who didn't have cameras. So their data, you know, I just didn't allow them to take the test. Most of them, I just, I was told we could use Zoom, which was much better because Microsoft Teams, I can't see more than maybe at any given time, I've never seen more than 20 students on, on Microsoft Teams, ever. It doesn't matter how many times they promise me their cameras are on in my in large gallery view. It's not, it just doesn't happen. I don't know what's wrong, but it doesn't work. And so the I used Zoom, but then I had the issue of about 10 of my students out of all my 150 that I tested, 10 of them could not use Zoom on their device. It would not work. And so then we had to use, I had to have kids on one monitor. I had like four or five kids on 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 Microsoft Teams and the other ones I had on on Zoom and then I was watching both screens with all of the kids um, oh my God, that's testing. Insanity. Oh my God. It was insanity. It felt like it literally felt like insanity. Um, so that was that's where that came from um, initially. And yes, I did give the test. 
so how did how did what were the results from that? I mean, I'm I'm not even going to bother to look because it does not right. matter to me. Right. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm talking about more emotionally with the kids, I guess. I, I don't, I'm not, yeah. How did they? Um, the students, I mean, honestly, I had kids who just rushed through it and were done in five minutes. They didn't, you know, they knew that this test doesn't count as a grade towards them. It's just a pretest. And then you had other kids who stressed over it and only got five questions done. I mean, it was a, it was like a 45 question test and they couldn't even make it past four or five questions. I, they were had 45 questions yeah. on the first two weeks of school. Yes, yeah, so it was supposed to be given the first week of school, and I got it pushed back to the third week because I refused to give it. And I still, oh, no. you know, the kids were, they were just really upset. They kept asking me, well, Mrs. Kinder, can't you explain, you know, like, we don't understand why these questions are even asking. I'm like, of course you don't. Like, you've never read the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> like, you know, right. it's something that I have to teach you first. So it's just a pretest. Just answer as best you can. Um, is sort of what you say over and over and over again, you know, just answer right. what you can. It's okay. Just guess. Um, right. So that's that. But um, so, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So you're, you're fully remote. You're not in the classroom too. Or are you both? No, my fifth period is in class. Yeah. I have 22 kids in the classroom and not at the same time. So I have six periods. Okay. My fifth period is in class. The other six classes I teach online during those other periods. So how many kids do you have in a classroom at, the, at, at a time? Right now I have up to only 22, but there are teachers in my school who have like over 30 in a classroom. Wait a minute. Hold on one second. In your classroom, you have 22 kids during COVID. So this is my mm -hmm. second question is that what is going on with Florida schools? I mean, I, I know your governor, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, we we're, we're watching the news, everything is opening up. The numbers mm -hmm. are so high. So what is happening? <clears throat> Excuse me. What is happening school? to teachers? Yes. 22 kids. Um, that's, Insane. Well, that's, I have, a, that's a small roster compared to most of the, the classes. So most of the teachers do have about 30 right now, like in per class. So in the room, yeah, there's no way to social distance. You, the, the county, our particular county did mandate masks. So they are required to wear a, man, a mask mandate and they off, they offered, you know, they gave away, you know, free masks and they also have free shields for the students too and teachers. Um, they want to wear both, they can. And um, we wipe down the desks with, it's like a hydrogen peroxide um, mix. And so we just call it Hydox and that's what we spray the desks down. It has to be, we clean them with that. And then we have to spray that down. It has to sit for four minutes. It's got to dwell time to kill the bacteria or kill the virus on the desks. And there's no like sharing of materials. They, you know, obviously they're really big on like, you know, in the past we may have shared like colored pencils or you might share highlighters. And now it's, no, it's like they, they each have their own um, things. Um, I mean, we cut down our transition times. We used to just have six periods a day where you transition in the hallways, but in order to cut down on time where they're all in the hallway, con like congested like that, we've split, we now are doing a block schedule, which is means we have 110 minutes with only three periods a day, which is a very long time to make a 12 year old sit. <laughs> oh my God. Um, wow. So that's where that, but the point of doing that was for you know, understandably to limit the amount of transaction between like giant groups of kids right in the hallway. We have 1400 students in our school and we only have three grade levels. It's a lot of students moving past each other. And so even with the large, we had about one third of our population chose to be online. The other two thirds are still on campus. And um, yeah, so we limited transition times. They, you know, they're spraying doors. They're doing a lot of, um, a lot of additional, like, you know, sanitation kind of stuff, just of you know, um, killing the virus, I guess is their, their goal. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, teachers are still, they're a little annoyed with that too, because then they still, teachers are now having to feed the kids. There's no more cafeteria usage and except for like one or two classes are allowed to use that and they space the kids out. But most of the kids are all eating in the classroom, almost every single classes. And so they're eating without, breakfast without and lunch. Without math. In, in a classroom with 30 kids. I, it, Correct. I mean, 30, I mean, how are the teachers, how are they surviving with, right now with 30 kids in a classroom? Like, how are they, what is their emotional state right now? Are they scared or are they just getting mm -hmm. used to it? Is it, are people becoming numb to it? Um, I think are people both. Um, I think that they're, I think that the first few weeks it was definitely more, more fear, more, you know, more, it was definitely scarier. I think that you know, after the first couple of weeks, there were, there were quite a few people that were sick in and out. Um, but our, our policy, I guess I should have explained that our policy in our district is if you show any symptoms, you're out for 10 days immediately. Literally, you could have a headache, say my stomach hurts, you're out for 10 days um, immediately. Doesn't matter, COVID, whatever, like you're going home. And so then we, our county is working with the health department at, our, at the local level, and they are testing our students and staff within a 24 hour to 48 hour period. Like you get your test results immediately. As soon as you leave campus, you can leave to go get tested and you get results within, I got mine when, cause I left for a sore throat one day, my results came back within like 36 hours and they were negative. And as soon as my symptoms were gone, I was allowed to go back to work. Um, I taught remotely though the whole time I was sick because I mostly am online and I just recorded my lessons and they had someone sit in my room with my in-person kids um, and they just showed the video of me recorded the lesson, you know, my recorded lesson. Um, any teacher who, like any student who's even got a sibling or any kind of relative that tests, tests positive for COVID, they are sent home for, um, they're sent home for 14 days. So even though they are not sick or showing any symptoms, if they have a sibling that went home for being sick or they have a parent with it, and the parent, they're home for 10 days. The, the sibling that is symptom-free is sent home for 14 days. And that's not, you can't come back with any negative anything. It's just your sibling has COVID, so you're not allowed to come back to school. Did you have so. cases in your school? Did you have any cases yeah. in your school? Yeah, mm -hmm. each week we usually have a couple. Um, and so I know I've listened to one of your other podcasts and you were asking about like, um, you said like you're not even being informed when somebody is sick. Initially, we were told we they thought that they were going to be allowed to inform us, but then they realized it was a violation of the HIPAA laws um, because you can't be like, oh, this student has COVID. So only the teachers who had that student um, would be informed that the student has COVID, or they basically don't even say they have COVID. They just put like a little initial in you know in our our system into the the attendance system, so you know what the symbol represents, and that means either they had COVID or they may have had a sibling that had COVID or contact tracing. They were sent home with COVID, so you don't necessarily know it kind of. So that way, it doesn't violate HIPAA laws. I mean, as teachers, we all share like, hey, I was sent home with a sore throat, like so people know. You know, we're not hiding it right. from each other. Um, um, has it spread, or has it just been in, um, isolated incidents of it? I would say after the second week of school, because in the first two weeks, I would say, yes, it was sort of more consistent. There was quite a few like kids sent home. I don't know how many, because they basically, they don't tell us exactly how many kids had it at the school, because they lumped them together with like six other schools. You're like, these six schools had a total of 25 cases. So that way, they really, again, you don't necessarily know how many specifically. Um, but then they tell you like 150 people went home. What we're learning is usually um, it's at least like 150 people leaving, maybe I think it's a day through the whole county. So out of say 40,000 students, you've got about 150 people leaving, not necessarily with COVID, but with any symptom related. So they could literally say I have a headache, they're sent home and that they're listed as a tally for someone who was sent home for having COVID related symptoms. Did you have teachers who got COVID um, before, like last year um, when you, we were in the spring session? No, not that I'm aware of at all. 
and, and I'm not, I'm just going to say, I don't think any, I cannot, I have not been told by any specific staff member that they have had COVID. I have had, we have tons of people who either have a relative or they're like, they are still quarantined because they have someone who is like their wife has got COVID or their, you know, any, their husband has COVID. So they're stuck at home right now teaching from home just because their spouses are. But I don't think as far as I know, I haven't heard it from any direct teachers saying I have COVID, not just I'm quarantined. Right. Because when I, for where I was um, at the end of last year, because they asked us after they found out about COVID, they, ha they had a, a lockdown, but teachers still had to go back to school. And in that time, there were a lot of teachers who got COVID oh in that time. And so it's like, you know, and we didn't know about it. Like none of us knew what was happening until we got back to school. And these teachers, like, I had COVID, I had COVID. Yeah, I was really sick. I was in the hospital. And, like, we find out all these cases mm. after the fact. And I get HIPAA laws, but I also feel like that's, it's scary to go in and, and just mm. not know who has it or, you know, and that if it, if it is getting, getting caught, like, if they're catching mm -hmm. it in time. So, I yeah. mean, so, <laughs> so you guys are not just dealing with, you're dealing with, like, cases in your school, you're dealing with mm -hmm. 33, sometimes 33 kids in mm -hmm. a classroom. Mm -hmm. um, at least you have masks. So that's mm -hmm. good. That's a requirement. Mm -hmm. That's a requirement. How mm -hmm. are you doing now with, um, now you got past the tests. Like, how are you? Um, how are you doing now? Well, honestly, I feel like the students who are thriving are thriving. I think they're going to, the kids who are, you know, you're always going to have your AB kids. Like they just no matter, even if you're a terrible teacher, they're just going to get it. Um, they are doing really great. Honestly, they're turning in their work. They're staying through the classes. They're asking questions. They're participating in discussion. They're doing great. The students who really, really like my low level students, my ESE students, my ESOL students, my second language students, they need more support than I think is even possible through distance learning. I feel like they're not getting what they need from me, even though it's a, like I am available to them. Like even um, today or even two days ago, I was talking, I had two teachers. It was me and the support facilitator. Not a single kid asked a question, like not a single kid asked a single question. And they started turning in their work and they were getting like twenties and thirties. And I, I said, I'm like, you, none of you asked it. I'm literally here. <laughs> like the notes were the answers. Like, I don't understand how, you know, you're still struggling. You, you not, no, if you were struggling, you should have asked, like there are two teachers here. We could have broken into smaller groups. Um, and nobody asked any questions. And honestly, some of the kids, like the end of the meeting comes and it's like the end of the period. And I have five kids who I, I'm like, so-and-so like, you need to log out of the meeting. Like they've been gone the whole time. I'm sure. Like they just log in, they walk away. Um, right. I called some parents. Sometimes I have time where I'll call parents and go, Hey, you know, your daughter, I've called on her three times. She won't write in the chat box. She won't respond to me. Um, could you find out if she's even at her computer? And like the parent will be like, Oh, nope, she's not. She's in another room. Like the parents have told me left and right. They're like, I had no, my, my child just left the computer on and walked away. And so I mean, do, you think um, that, do you think a lot of children are going to slip through the cracks because of all of this? Um, yes, because I don't have, there's no way I can call the amount of kids who are failing at this point. I mean, I can send emails, but half these parents don't have emails. Um, the students are just not refusing to do the work. I've had students literally tell me, so to answer your question, yes, I think some students are going to fall through the cracks because they need more support or they're just, they need more monitoring at home. And I can't force them to put a camera on, fine. But also if they don't have anyone at home, no older sibling to force them to do it, no neighbor, no anyone, then they're just not going to do it, you know, and, and their parents are seeing that on the progress reports that they just received the other day. They're like, oh, my kid has straight F's. I'm like, 
yeah. You know, and some of the parents I've called, like the ones who are just not showing up at all, I call them and they're like, well, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not home to babysit them, you know, and I can't do anything on my part. So I'm like, well, your child's going to fail if you don't get them the support they need. Like they're not responding to me and I can't force them to do it. I'm not at their house either. Um, so, but I've had kids literally tell me they are purposely trying to fail so that their parents will send them back to school. So I've had, I've had three or four students tell me that flat out. And I've talked to some of their parents and they're like, I know I'm not going to let them win. Um, but your child's academic record now reflects straight zeros for four weeks. Um, and the parents are aware they just said, you know, but and I understand parents are trying to keep their, you know, some of them have illnesses that they're scared of their child going to school and they're 12 years. These are 12 year old kids who don't realize like what they might, you know, the danger they might put their own parents in by going back to school. Their parents are trying to make the best decision for their household and the kids aren't realizing like they're 12. They don't realize the permanent consequences that they're forcing upon themselves just by not participating. So. Uh, I mean, anyway, and then it's just like, so where do we find the hope in this? You know, where do we find in all this chaos. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there is going to be a lot of this year in general. I mean, our lower level kids are going, there's, there's going to be an entire year gap of learning. It's not just for, I mean, think about, that's only in my social studies class. Think about math and language arts and um, classes where they're building upon, you know, like they're going to need this knowledge to be able to understand the next year's content and they're not, they're not learning the skills. They're not learning the basic skills they need from seventh grade math or seventh grade language arts, you know, writing abilities. And, you know, I I feel like they're, it's a, and some of the students are doing it to themselves, but like, again, they're 12, you know, the students don't realize what they're doing to themselves. Well, they also, that age is also such a hard age because it's like, you know, you're, you're going through changes and, and, and they're, you know, mm-hmm. adolescence and it's middle school is already a challenge. I taught middle <laughs> school and I yeah. was like, okay, I think I'm going to stick with elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you already have those personal challenges that children go to and social emotional issues with like being around other kids and then not mm. being there. You just yeah. wonder what the long-term damage is going to be, you know? I'm curious. Too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you only hope that this will be a year and we can all, you know, go back to something close to normal so. at some point. But um, anyway, we're going to wrap it up, but I'm, I'm, you know, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing yeah. your story. Um, it's teachers like you who um, are so brave aid to be able to speak out and be mm-hmm. just to care about your students so much that you want the best for them. And I think mm-hmm. that that's just a sign of a, a remarkable teacher. So. Thank and you. I'm sure, I'm sure your class is great. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I'm wishing you the best of luck with, um, this coming year and always don't be afraid to speak out, you know, when trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And it's very effective. So thank you for being on the Warriors of Education podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been the Warriors of Education podcast dedicated to all the hardworking teachers across this country. We hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.